There's a time for celebrating, and there's a time for contemplating. There's a time for shouting, and there's a time to be quiet. And we see that in life, we see that in faith, uh, and we see that in this Holy Week as well. As we begin our Holy Week uh, observance, we notice that uh, today, Palm Sunday, it's one of those celebration times. Jesus, he is coming into Jerusalem. There are crowds cheering. They are recognizing him as the coming king. It's a time for shouting and celebrating. But not too many days later, we come to Thursday night, and Jesus, he is with his disciples, a very small, intimate gathering and he says, one of you will betray me. And then a little bit later, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he is praying. He knows what's coming the next day, and he's praying, and he's asked his disciples, would you stay with me in this quietness and pray? And then, of course, the next day, which we call Good Friday, because we know the rest of the story. Otherwise, we wouldn't call it Good Friday, but we call it that um, because of Easter Sunday. But on, on, on Friday, there's that, uh, that agony of seeing Jesus on the cross, of death, of torture, of suffering. And then, of course, Holy Week ends with Easter Sunday when Jesus rises from the dead. And that's a time of more celebration. So Holy Week is a week where we contemplate that, that there's a picture of that. But it's also, I think, a picture of our Christian life as well. It can be, anyways. That, in other words, Jesus, he does some things, and, and we start to consider him, and we start to think, is, could he be the Messiah? Could he be the Savior of the world? And then there's a time in our life where we say, yes, he is my Savior. I trust in him. And that's what the baptisms were about, right? That two folks saying, yeah, Jesus, he's my Savior. And I want to publicly pro proclaim that, just like on, uh, on Palm Sunday. That was a public proclamation that this Jesus He's the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the King we've been waiting for. But then, as we go in our Christian life, we will still encounter times of difficulty. We'll still encounter times where, like, we'll see the Pharisees say, hey, you know, pipe down about that Jesus. And then we'll still stand, and unless Jesus returns first, we'll, we'll stand at death's door. And we press into God during those times. So see, Holy Week also gives us an opportunity to look at uh, our Christian walk, our Christian life. And Holy Week starts today, right, with Palm Sunday. So you give little, little palm crosses, right? And that helps us remember that. It commemorates the, the day Jesus rode into Jerusalem and was hailed as the Messiah King. So we're going to go to Luke's account. All four Gospels tell us about Jesus riding into Jerusalem uh, on this day, on Palm Sunday, but we're going to read Luke, and that's Luke chapter 19, verses 29 through 40. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany, at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where, on entering, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, you shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away and found it just as he had told them. 
And as they were untying the colt, the owner said to him, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they sat Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, the peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Now this scripture, it, it describes that first Palm Sunday when Jesus, he, he's riding triumphantly into Jerusalem and there is an amazing fulfillment of prophecy going on. That the, the, the prophet Zechariah in 9.9 he talks about, and one of the reasons that the, the Israelites were ready and expecting that Savior King was Zechariah talks about 9-9 to expect this king riding on a donkey. And so this is a fulfillment of prophecy, but it's also the, the palm waving. Luke doesn't really mention it. He talks about people putting their coats down. The same thing, whether you're waving palm branches or putting the palm branches down or your coats, basically what you're saying is this is the king and I am going to pave his way with my coats, with palms, because he is so worthy that even his donkey shouldn't be touching the ground. It's like rolling out the red carpet. And that's what's going on. And this is a fulfillment of prophecy. So Zechariah 9.9 says this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So this event, it's a fulfillment of this prophecy. And the, the crowd, they understand that because they start chanting something. They start saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And that's a quote from Psalm 118.26. See, they recognize this is the king we've been waiting for. And probably at no other time on his earthly ministry is Jesus recognized and publicly proclaimed as the savior, the one we've been waiting for. And that's why it's a celebration. Because everyone is, is acknowledging that. So on Palm Sunday, Jesus is finally welcomed into Jerusalem and proclaimed as the Savior King. And it's interesting because then notice in verse 39, the Pharisees say, hey, uh, don't, they understand what's going on. They see everything is about the Messiah. People are proclaiming in the Messiah. They're like, hey, Jesus, tell your disciples to quiet down. And Jesus says, no way. If I were to tell these to quiet down, the rocks would cry out because this is not a time for to be quiet. This is a time to shout. This is a time where the truth is coming out. And Jesus acknowledges this. Now the time for quietness, well, that'll come later in the week. That'll come later in the week when he is in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. But now this day, it kicks off that final week and Luke, he's been building up to this. All the way from Luke chapter 9 to, verse, uh, to chapter 19, he talks about this journey. He goes from Galilee, and as he's going into Jerusalem for this final week, he's, doing, he's, uh, he's uh, teaching, he's doing miracles, but it's all building up to this week, this life-changing week. 
And in this week, again, we see highs and we see lows. Um, today is a high point, right? Jesus, he's welcomed in to Jerusalem with shouts. Um, people are proclaiming him the Messiah, the Lord. But the betrayal, the suffering of the crucifixion, that's only a couple of days away. It's only a couple of days away. But then we know it all ends with the resurrection. And we remember this story because it's not just Jesus' story. If we are in Christ, if we have welcomed him into our hearts, if he's ridden into, the, into our hearts as he rode into Jerusalem as that king, then that's not just Jesus' story. That's our story. It's our story of death to life as well. We're not called just to be observers, passive observers as Jesus enters into Jerusalem triumphantly or looking on him in the cross. We are called to be in Christ, to be participants in what he is doing, trusting in what he is doing, and then saying, yes, because Jesus lives, I will live again as well. And that's a part of the beauty of Holy Week. And again, we can look at Holy Week like any others, like, like we can look at, not like any others, we can look at the Holy Week like our life. Um, it starts, again, when we enter, allow Jesus to enter into our hearts, enter into our Jerusalem. And again, oftentimes that's proclaimed in baptism. But then, and, and that also can be a, a part of our testimony, right? So that as Jesus, he's going, he's, he's going into Jerusalem. Before that time, there's a lot of different things that happen that caused the disciples to come to that point where they're like, yes, he is the Messiah. I believe in him. I trust in him. So for some, it was the miracles. As Jesus did miracles on his way to Palm Sunday, and, and for maybe some of you, that's how you came to Christ, is that he, God did something in your life. He intervened in your life in such a way that you knew he's the Messiah. You know that God is real and that you need to trust in him. But for others, maybe it's the teaching. Jesus, he was teaching, and, and you just know that there is truth there, that this is true, that the gospel, that these, this word of God is so true that you must, you must follow him. He has the words of life. But one way or another, we come to that point where we say, is Jesus, is he my Lord? Or am I going to welcome him into my city, the city of my heart, to be my king? The disciples did that on Palm Sunday. And we do that as well if we believe in him and often proclaim that in baptism. And on your way to making Jesus your Lord, sometimes he'll ask you to do things you don't quite understand. So like the disciples, Jesus is like, all right, go in that town and you're going to find a donkey colt, untie it, bring it to me. And of course, they're thinking, no one's going to let us just take their donkey. That's expensive. I mean, in today's days, that's like, that's like saying, hey, go, you know, uh, find that car and just take it. They won't mind. They'll let you take the car. Um, but lo and behold, it happens just as Jesus said. When they say, yeah, the Lord has need of it. They're like, okay. Sometimes in our life, God, you know, we'll feel Jesus telling us, all right, this, this is the next step. And we don't quite understand it. But in faith, we do it anyways. Now, afterwards... Of course, the disciples are like, oh, I get it now. I understand now because he was fulfilling prophecy. He needed a donkey to ride in. And you realize, wait a minute, God is doing stuff so much bigger than me. His plan and his purposes are for the world. 
And so even if I don't understand what's going on in my life, I can trust him that he's about things so much bigger than me. And they saw that when Jesus starts riding into Jerusalem on that donkey and people are cheering and they're like, the prophecy, Zechariah. And so there's joy there. There's celebration that he's coming as the king. But then notice later in the week, it reminds us, all right, even when we're rejoicing, even when we allow Jesus into our hearts and he rides in triumphantly into our lives, there's still resistance right, on this side of, of eternity. The Pharisees are like, hey, pipe down. Jesus says no. But then they don't take that for an answer, do they? Because later in the week, they get Judas to betray Jesus. They start to bring up the, the resistance until Jesus is put to death. And so in Holy Week, in life, there is a time as well where we're brought to that point Thursday night. Right? And on our Good Friday uh, stations of the cross, that, that time we're going to go through those stations of, wait, what did Jesus go through that night he was betrayed the night, and then the day he was killed? That, that in our life, we will come to death's door. And do we press in? to God? Do we say, no, because I am in Christ, because I am, I am trusting in his work that just as he died and rose from the dead, I can face this death because I too will die and rise again based on his work. Because Holy Week, it culminates in Easter Sunday. So even when, here's the thing is that, that, yes, there's times of contemplation. There's times when you are facing death, a loved one's facing death, and, and you're, you're pressing into God, and you're, you're maybe sweating in your prayers like Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, but even in those times, because we're on this side of the resurrection, we understand that, wait, that's not the end. It might look like the end. It might look hopeless. But we know the rest of the story. But we'll get into that next week on Easter Sunday. We're going to get more into that. But every time we gather, even our low points can be colored with the, with the, with the rainbows of, of heaven's glory and God's presence. And the amazing thing about Holy Week is, yeah, we're invited not just to be observers, passive observers of what God is doing. We're invited to be participants and recipients of Christ's work. So that when we have ushered Christ into our hearts, that's when we are in Christ. There's a couple places that his victory over, over sin, death, and suffering, that was amazing for Jesus. But it, Jesus didn't do that for himself. He did it for us. So that when we place our faith in Christ, when he rides into our hearts, then that same death-to-life pattern becomes our pattern, becomes our eternity. 2 Corinthians 5 says it this way. Apostle Paul, he, uh, writing to the church in Corinth, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, okay, if you're in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their transgressions against them, 
and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So here, Paul is saying that God wants to extend his victory that just as Jesus came into Jerusalem as a conquering king, that, that God wants to extend that victory, not just in Jerusalem, but into our hearts, and not just into our hearts, but through us to others. So that whether it's Jerusalem, Jesus rides in conquering with, the, with the, the message of salvation and eternal life, or whether that's South Hadley, or Chicopee, or Belchertown, or Granby, or Holyoke. These, these are the places that Jesus, his kingdom, he wants to bring into. And he does that in us and then through us. That's what an ambassador is, right? He says, you're going to be ambassadors, that we're in Christ. And then that, that, that eternal pattern of death to life, again, it's not just for Jesus it's a pattern that we follow as well. But on this day, when we acknowledge Jesus as conquering king, we also notice that his victory is achieved in a very different way than the worldly way. Because, you know, when we talk about a conquering king, when we talk about, you know, the king coming, riding into Jerusalem, he was riding into Jerusalem, yes, to conquer. But how did he conquer? He conquered on the cross. So he's riding as a triumphant king. All the people thinking in their worldly ways are probably thinking, oh yeah, he's going he's gonna to destroy the Romans now. But he conquers through his death, his self-sacrificial death. And he's not just worried about those Romans. No, he wants to uh, tackle the eternal enemies of humanity, sin, Satan. Death. And he does that by entering into uh, sin. It, as, as 2 Corinthians says, for his sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus knew no sin and yet he takes on the sin. He enters into the sin. He enters into death and he conquers it from the inside out. That is the amazing conquering king that we follow. And it's so counter to what the world is used to. Because what is the world used to? And we're seeing this in Ukraine that, oh, if you want to conquer someone, what do you do? You use your power and your might to subdue and kill, and through fear, you conquer. That is not Christ. What does Christ do? He enters into death. He enters into suffering. He takes it on himself, and through that, conquers. So he wins our hearts through love. He wins our hearts through self-sacrifice. And we understand that because as we enter, as we ask Jesus to come into our hearts, to conquer our hearts, we don't do it out of fear. We do it out of an amazing appreciation of his love. And Grace mentioned that in her testimony. So he conquers in such a different way. He conquers by his love. And he does that so that at the end of life, you know, when we stand before God, if he has conquered our hearts through his love, 
and we look around, there's going to be myriads and myriads of people from every tongue, tribe, and nation have one thing in common, and that is Jesus rode into their hearts in triumph, conquering their hearts, whereas people, and, and, and people proclaimed him as the king, as the Messiah who died for our sins, and he conquers us that way. And so the question I have for you today on this Palm Sunday is, will you let Jesus in? Will you let him ride into your heart, conquer your heart? I know that maybe some of you here, you've been hurt by people who call themselves Christians. Maybe some of you here, you, you, you're just not sure about this. But Jesus, he is the Lord and Savior. He is the one who is died for you. Will you let him ride into your heart? And here's the thing. Some of you might be saying, yeah, I've, I've trusted Jesus and, and, and I've been baptized and all of this. Well, just as Jesus was the Lord of Palm Sunday and celebration and joy, he was also the Lord on the cross when he was betrayed and on Easter Sunday. You see, God is with us every day. And if we recognize that, that no, it's not just in the high points of life. It's also in the low points. He is with us and he, is, he can take that day, whether it's a high or low, and he will bring it to completion. He will bring it towards his end. He shows that on Holy Week and he shows that in our lives. Because if we are in Christ, then as Paul says, then we're new creation. We have new life. We have new priorities. And we have new resurrection living at the end of our days. Just as Christ rose in newness of life, as he rose from the dead, we too will rise. If we are in Christ, if he has rode into your heart. So whether it's saying, yes, God, I want Jesus to, to I'm, I'm accepting him today, I'm, I'm letting him ride into my heart and, Again, the, the water's still there. Come forward, and, and we can baptize you uh, as, a, as a public profession, just like um, Gail and, and Grace did. Or maybe you're here and you're like, yeah, I've, I've already been baptized, but man, I, I realize that I've got this part of my heart that I'm not letting Jesus conquer. I, I'm holding it back. I, there's still walls there. Or maybe... You're at a low point in your life. No, Jesus can conquer in the, even through death. He wants to do something in your life today. He wants to reign in his love and sacrifice in every area of your life. Will you let him do that? Will you let him do that? If so, you can pray right where you're at. You can come forward and I'll pray with you. Um, where, whatever it is, whether it's, yeah, I don't need to be baptized, but yes, I'm making this commitment to Jesus. Invite him to ride in on this Palm Sunday. Let's pray. Dear God, we acknowledge your sacrifice. We acknowledge how you conquered. And Lord, I, I realize that there's many here or watching online who, they're struggling with this. They're not sure. But Lord, I pray that just as you rode triumphantly into Jerusalem, you'd ride triumphantly in to our hearts today.
And Lord, may, may, may folks who, who, who need to make that commitment to you, may they just come on forward, Lord. Not even wait. Not wait for others. But Lord, they know if the stones are quiet, um, I mean, if we're quiet, even the stones would cry out. And they cry out to you. And Lord, we each one of us, no matter how long you've been our Lord and Savior, we would make that commitment to you today. Lord, to take our heart. You've won our hearts through your love, through your self-sacrifice. And may this holy week, God, may we follow that pattern. May we follow your pattern. And look forward to death to life. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen.